Zeit ist in der Kleinstadt Winden ein Junge auf mysteriöse Weise verschwunden. Die Frage ist nicht, wer die Kinder entführt hat, sondern wann. Das Ende ist der Anfang. Und der Anfang ist das Ende. Tick, tick. Du wirst alles verstehen, wenn es an der Zeit ist zu verstehen. Tick, tick. Aber jede Entscheidung für etwas ist doch immer eine Entscheidung gegen etwas. Hello and welcome to Dark, a companion podcast to the Netflix TV series. I'm Acorn. And I'm BB. And I'm Murgles. Shall we begin? Yay! Yay. Yes. yes. As always, this is a companion podcast or retrospective, not a watch along. So you definitely want to have watched the series first. If you've clicked on this episode and you're curious about the podcast, make sure you've watched the series first. We've also chosen to run the podcast as more of a discussion between friends. So we take turns leading the discussions each week. We do our research beforehand and we don't share our notes ahead of time. This means we won't always get all the details right, but it should lend for more surprises. And ultimately, we want you to feel like you're in our living room discussing right along with us. And today we're talking about Regina and Alexander. Yes, Regina and Alexander. One of the true loves here. Oh, gosh. One of the purest, truest loves. And I love them. Mm-hmm. I will say I have more on Regina. So for my notes, at least, it's more of a Regina-focused episode. So I, I'm really mm-hmm. interested and curious to hear what you both have found out about Alexander. Uh, yeah, I have yes. some light Alexander mystery stuff to get into. A couple theories. E, good. Before we get any farther, do we have any housekeeping? Yes, we do. Um, It is not necessarily a correction on last week's episode, um, so much as Rex Macabre on Twitter, um, shout out to you, Rex, uh, sent a message to me, a DM, DM'd me on Twitter with an image of Francisca and Bernadette. And have you noticed that in Origin World, Bernadette is wearing the bird necklace? It appears... (gasps) Yeah, it appears that since Francisca doesn't exist, Peter gifted it to his partner instead. No, oh. I love that. Yeah, so I'm oh I'm gosh. straight up including this picture in the show notes. Um, and I just wanted to say thank you. <gasps> Wait, but yeah. okay, that, that makes me wonder though, because does it mean that Francisca got it from Peter or did mm-hmm. Bernadette give it to her? Because Bernadette, she's like working with Bernadette, right? I think Does she it mean said, that that's a Bernadette thing? No, I think it's a gift from her dad. But okay. I don't know for sure. It could be. She reacts very strongly to it. Yeah. She's pretty protective of it. It could be Bernadette. I don't know. He, it'd be weird, though, for him to give it to... Well... Ooh. <laughs> I've just gone <laughs> See, down I'm this wondering... rabbit hole of a theory. Like, <laughs> I was thinking it'd be weird for Bernadette to give it away after he gave it to her. But they kind of like... You know, she goes a while without seeing him, like a full year. Yeah. So maybe also, she it does. could be it could be Bernadette's originally, and she gave it to Francisca, and Peter wasn't mm. the gifter in the original version of that either At way. All. Yeah, I could see both, huh. and I I kind of like both theories, but that connection that's that's crazy. It's in the final scene. You said, yeah, yep, the origin world. Bernadette's wearing it. Oh wow, which I don't know how we missed that. I know, right? I feel like I say that every week. There's just so much. That's why there's three of us. That's why there's all of you listening. Um, Man, I love stuff like that. 
Me too. Anything else for housekeeping? That's it. That's it for us for housekeeping. Do we need, would we like an email? Yeah, let's do an email. I have one amazing email. It's all in caps. I do love all caps. It's all <laughs> caps and it's beautiful. I got the oh email God, okay. and it like made my day. So this is, uh, this is an email from uh, Fatima. I'm so sorry if I'm saying your name correctly. I'm Fat- Fatima. Fatima. Yeah, I think it's Fatima. Fatima. Yeah. Fatima. So this is in all caps, the whole thing. <laughs> I fucking love your podcast about dark. I fucking love it. Fucking, fucking, fucking love it. You guys are so fucking good at this. Please keep going. You guys blow my mind. Yours is the best podcast about dark that I've found yet. Listening to your podcast makes my day. I fucking love it. Wow, you guys. Just wow. Brilliant. I listen to your podcast at work every day. And that is why I kind of feel excited to go to work. You guys give me goosebumps. Wish I could fist bump all of you. You guys are beautiful. (laughs) Thank you for existing and sharing your mind with us. It feels so, so, so good to be together this way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my God. That is the best. (laughs) I know. Your reading of it, too, like, I'm sure brought it to the next level. That was so good. good. I I couldn't just read it without yelling. Thank you. Thank, thank, you, you. thank you, thank you, thank <laughs> you. should reply in all caps oh, back. I, I, I Can we am. read this on the podcast, please? We love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Oh, that's so good. Thank you so much for that email. We're so glad that it helps. Like, that's so special. My favorite is like giving me something to look forward to for yeah. work. Like it makes yeah. me want to go to work and that that punched me in the feels. Thank you. Ah. Oh. Yes, I'm fired up. Let's go. <laughs> okay, also, full full disclosure here, Acorn sent us a message like three days ago being like, y'all, I found something. But she wouldn't tell us what it no. was. So I've just been sitting here like, oh, come on, let it be Sunday already. I got to know <laughs> what the hell she found. I love it. I've been thinking about it nonstop too. So I'm excited to share it. Yeah. So that's uh, that was the mailman today. Yay. Thank you. That was such a good, good letter. Good email. (laughs) All right. Well, are we ready to dive into Regina? Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So let's do a quick recap. We are using the dark.netflix.io for Mm -hmm. a quick timeline recap. Regina and her husband, Alexander, have one son together, Bartosh. Regina comes across as a stern, wounded woman, which isn't surprising considering some of the cards she's been dealt. Regina is raised by a single mother, Claudia, and doesn't know anything about her father. She is an insecure teen who is often bullied by her classmates. When Katerina and Ulrich taunt her in the woods, a stranger appears and chases them away with a gun. The stranger turns out to be Alexander, the man who she will later marry. In 2019, Regina opens the Vault Hotel Winden, but guests stop coming in the aftermath of the missing persons cases. She only has one guest, an unusual stranger who stays for a few days. To add insult to injury, Regina receives a devastating diagnosis. She has metastatic breast cancer. By the summer of 2020, Regina's cancer has progressed, forcing her to give up her hotel. She receives an unexpected visit from her mother, Claudia, who has been missing for 33 years and doesn't seem to have aged a day. I I think that that part just isn't fully accurate because it's also money right? That makes her force up giving Mm -hmm. the hotel 
is that yeah. because there are no guests, she is unable to pay uh, the, the bank. Uh, yes, because the bank calls in the payment. first yeah. episode and she yeah. gets and into, yeah. It's a really important moment. So I, I just want to throw in that tidbit of a, a extra, not really a correction, but an extra thing from the mm-hmm. website. It's also not the first time that the website has been slightly incorrect about yeah. something because yeah. uh, the episode that we had about Hannah, um, I didn't include it because I changed it to be more reflective of what happened in the show. Uh, yeah. But it, it said that Jonas smothered her with a pillow when in the show he literally smothers her with his hands. Yeah. Like, mm, so mm-hmm. I right. felt that was also an important distinction. But yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Claudia has traveled through time to help Regina into the bunker before the apocalypse hits, ensuring her survival. Three months after the apocalypse, Regina is living with Claudia in the former police station. She is weak and bedridden from cancer. She is home alone when she gets a visit from Tronta Nielsen. He apologizes before suffocating Regina with a pillow. And that is it for Regina. He suffocates her with a pillow? Yes, yes. He does. Yeah, Isn't in the police weird? station, he does. We it's weird that I just that. said that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> so a couple tidbits about Regina. The one that I think is so close to her character in the way that she's portrayed throughout the show is Regina means queen in Latin or Italian. And in England, it was used during the Middle Ages to honor the Virgin Mary, and it was later revived in the 19th century. I personally find it really symbolic irony that a tragic character is named after the word for queen, like the queen hath suffered. Well, I think that's because uh, it's usually, well, it made me think of chess. And I think this is because I went crazy and started watching the queen's gambit, which is fantastic, by the way, protect your queen. Oh, true. So that's what I I was like. Oh, that is an interesting, that is very interesting because she's like that. I mean, she's not technically the power piece. I'd say Claudia is really the one that moves around and does all the, the crazy queen moves in chess, but it did, that's what popped into my head when we were doing the, the, uh, when I was thinking about her name and, uh, trying to think about all of the stuff that she represents in this show. Like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Totally. Well, mm-hmm. going further with the, sim- the symbolism, uh, Vault Hotel Vinden is used to be the Doppler mansion, as we probably piece together because we have that frontal shots at the very beginning. It shows um, the outside of the, of the hotel before we go inside. And then in Helga's episode, we see him biking up the path to the same mansion. Um, I have some pictures, actually. Wait. Let me wait. You're right. You are. You're right. right. That is Burn Doppler's yes, it house. Is. That's just like that's weird. How, How does she right? not know who her father is? That's right. How did Regina inherit the Doppler mansion and not Helga, the son? Yeah, because it. Well, I bet it has something to do with that affair that uh, that uh-huh. Claudia and Burn had a while ago. Now oh. it's it's hold on. It could be that it wasn't inherited. It could be that he sold she it. it. True. Yeah. yeah. Which because she uh, is having money problems. She, which she definitely like... has to have bought it, right? Because she's yeah. paying the mortgage off at the bank. Yeah. But the question is, how much did she buy it for? Yes, yeah. exactly. That is a really strange coincidence that I know it's yeah. not a coincidence. You know, like it's <laughs> now that we know who, because I didn't, when I watched the show the first time, I did not know until we started doing this podcast that Burned was her father. So right, exactly. it's now just occurring to me. You know what? Claudia takes over the power plant. So I wonder if Claudia bought it from Burned and then gave it to yeah, Regina. Probably. For the hotel. Maybe. 
possibly. No, because Regina's still paying off stuff at the bank. Maybe she's just in general debt. Mm. Maybe. With, yeah, maybe. With certain things. Like maybe yeah, she took right. out I loans just assumed to turn it. Was it. A mortgage payment, but it might yeah. not be. Might be just a small business loan to get started. Yeah. Man, that is so interesting. That is so That's good. So also cool. the the symbolism of a hotel being a symbol for how she's visiting this world from the origin world did not escape me. Oh isn't god. that cool? And stop. And oh also, my god. <laughs> and also the idea of inheriting the house. Mm-hmm. So if she is making small business payments, it's very interesting to think that you've inherited this burning cancerous house. Yes. Yeah. Right? That's very cool. The, yeah. yeah. House of Cards, really, even. The only the only person that we see, because no one stays there, the only person that stays there is the stranger, and she finds his room. Mm-hmm. In one scene, she's on the phone about a cancellation, but yeah, that the during the course of the show, the stranger is the only one who we see staying at the hotel. Also, the hotel it translates to Forest Hotel. Yeah. Bald, bald Hotel. Bald Hotel. Mm-hmm. So I love that. You know, why not the forest road? The kids go missing in the forest. Mm-hmm. The hotel is yeah. called the forest hotel. Yeah. Can't see the forest through the trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like deception. Yeah. Exactly. Also, that's so weird, though, for her to call it that. Because considering she was like, yeah. Well, she oh, was, yeah. That she was tied to the tree as a teenager. Oh, what yeah. happened to her? She was tied to the mm-hmm. trees in the woods. And so I feel like I would call it something else. I'd call it. Fuck you, Katarina. No, <laughs> <laughs> But also, that's where she met Alexander. Yeah. Oh! That's where she met Alexander. That's, right. that's where he saved her. That is exactly why it's called that. <laughs> oh, she was no. in that forest for a reason, too, right? Like, we see her me. in the forest. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's, that's, that's her, her walk home. Yeah. 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 Oh, gosh. Speaking of walks home, her relationship with Mads is something I want to touch on, too. Yes. Because yes. there was this yeah. one part... Uh, I think it's it's when she's talking to Ulrich. There's this one thing she says that really struck me. She said, Mads was the only person I knew who never said a bad word about anyone. I've always asked myself, why him of all people? I thought it was interesting that the the two blameless characters in the show not only clung to each other, but their tragedies are kind of mirrored. They were both affected and poisoned by this world. And small detail, this is a shout out to someone from Reddit, uh, ba L44 said that Regina and Mads knew each other from fencing. Wait, what? And this was such a small detail, but specifically, Claudia says something along the lines of, I pay for your fencing lessons to Regina in the car. And later, Ulrich listens to Yana's testimony, and she says in that testimony, Mads should have come home from fencing lessons. <gasps> so I think that's Shut where they up. were friends. Dude, oh I was my ju- no, God. I was just about to say Ariadne says something similar. Oh? about why why you why were you chosen so that's super interesting because i was thinking that and then it's like the idea that oh they were doing fencing and combat together what a small detail Cr- yeah. a crown please a crown oh, please for god. l yes fucking yeah wow shit man that's crazy that Passive perception score was super high. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and this crap. is why we love the Reddit. Well, it's it's yep. crazy because that that sort of indicates that like they had a friendship, they had a relationship. Maybe she walked him home every time after their fencing lesson. Maybe like that's just mm-hmm. what they did. And 
when I say maybe, I mean, that's exactly what's happening now that I'm thinking about it even more. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, because ever since she was tied up and was afraid to go through the forest, Mads would escort her and then walk back home through the forest to get home. And that's where he was abducted. I just need to do some light research on fencing one second. Okay, sure. Since we're while while Merkel's is researching that, and since we're kind mm. of on the topic of um, Reddit and small little catches, I have another shout out to Gray Piano and Della Lune or mm. De Ayoyun. They caught the connection between Claudia and Regina's hair, which I think is so fun. Yeah. Claudia running the plant led to a neglectful relationship with Regina's to where mm-hmm. Regina was raising herself and she goes through that glow up after she meets Alexander. And that leads to her being raised that way and her taking care of herself led to her turning into the prim and proper and in control woman we see in the hotel in the final scene, that image, the framed picture of Regina, Claudia and burned Regina kept her curls she didn't have the the straightened hair that she got in Adam's world after she met Alexander, which means I like to think that that means Claudia was there for her and was an actual mother. And Regina Aww. didn't have to change herself physically to fit yeah. into her mother's image of like perfection or whatever. Yeah, that is that is a good catch. I like so I wonder idea. what changed in Claudia's childhood then to enable her to be a different person enough to be a different mom for Regina, right? Mm-hmm. I do too. Um, also, she didn't have the power plant. So I like to think... This is origin world, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot changes. Origin world means that dad never had an affair with mom or with uh, dad never had an affair with Hannah. Mom never had an affair with uh, Agnes. But as so, we talked before, Doris, we hope that Doris left and moved on and became yeah, but a different probably, person, right? It probably wasn't so, it probably wasn't so explosive to the family. Yeah. 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 And maybe when she was older too, like maybe when Claudia left for college or something or yeah. was in high school versus I mean, being as young as she was. I have a friend whose parents are um, super friendly with each other, which blows my fucking mind because my parents hate each other. Um, <laughs> yeah super friendly with each other uh, because one of them was gay Mm. is gay. Rather one of them is gay and it, they realized midway through separated and then just kind of didn't say anything until they were ready to tell their kids. But like, you know, they're still really close. That's a feat. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. What was I going to say? Something about fencing. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to find anything interesting about fencing. I did find out that there are three types of weapons. And so then I tried to think about like, what are the three weapons through the look of dark and all that stuff? But I don't think there's much there. Okay. I think the the main tie would be the maze and Ariadne and the sword. That's it, right? Yeah. The practicing yeah. sword fighting. It's yeah. probably just another instance of that. Unless somebody listening has any other input on fencing, because I'm not familiar with fencing at all. Maybe there is something more to it traditionally or culturally that I'm just not aware of. Yeah, that would be super cool. The other thing, too, is that, you know, we we in the show, it's, I think, implied that Alexander either doesn't exist in the origin world or definitely did not make it to Regina in the origin world. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious as to, like, how Alexander fits in with the timeline as a person who so typically in the show, from what what we've talked about, what I've observed watching the show 
the people who no longer exist in the timeline had some sort of deep entrenched thing going on with that timeline, you know? Uh, they were either part of Sigmundus or they were constantly doing things to advance that timeline control. And so I'm just curious about Alexander's position. We There's so much mystery around him and his his history and his connection to Clausen and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And their love is so pure that it does make me a bit sad that Regina is not with him in the end. But, you know, yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I think in the origin world, without Ulrich's influence, he and Katarina wouldn't be in the forest to bully Regina, which means Alexander, even if he was walking nearby, he probably wouldn't have interfered. So I don't think they would have met. But I know their connection, their love in the show is the purest of all. And I do have a couple notes about how we see that. So it is a little sad to think that in the origin world, they never met and they never had that relationship. But I actually think there's a lot involved in Regina's and Alexander's love for each other and Regina's cancer, specifically because of the way that he helps her and treats her during that diagnosis period. Like, I think that I think Alexander for her is a protector Like she really needed a protector Mm -hmm. and that's where their relationship, that's the basis in which their relationship was founded. Right. And then in origin world, she doesn't need that. Yeah. Yeah. But can we talk about for a second, just how pure their love is? Because those few scenes, (laughs) I realized during the rewatch that basically the sixth episode of season one is Regina's episode. It's like all about her. Yeah. And that montage that comes in where she's brushing her hair and then we see older like straight up oh it's so good oh it's so good i know that one scene of the side by side where they're both wearing robes yeah yes yeah oh my god yes it hits so hard it does but just the way that alexander is there like you said her he's her protector because in in that sixth episode she wakes up from the nightmare right remembering when she was tied to the tree and he was there for her and he comforts her and she tells him tell me everything's okay. And he holds her and says, yeah. yes, everything is all right. And then later, yes. Yeah. Are you about to do the the cancer? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And yeah. then later we touched on this in a previous episode about love, but just it kills me in a good way that he finds the diagnosis. He knows he calls her on the phone and says nothing and just says, I'm here for you. You know yeah. that no matter yeah. what, Regina, I love you. And when she comes home that night, he's waiting for her in the kitchen, says not a word and just opens his arms to her and she crumbles into him yep. and he holds her up, like almost literally holds her up as she sobs. Like yeah. if that doesn't say love, I don't know what does. Yeah. And it's it's paralleling that original uh, scene where he holds her. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. What a, what a way to like respect someone's personal experience instead of Mm -hmm. taking it personally and being like, why didn't you tell me this scares me too, or whatever, just being like, man, you must be terrified. I'm going to be here for you. This is about you, you know, her cancer too, the cancer diagnosis. I didn't catch this the first time, but in the sixth episode, right before Alexander finds the mammogram report, Katerina her voice is overlaid and she's calling into the radio and is talking about how Wyndon is a sick, festering wound. Yep. The very next scene, we see Alexander picking up the mammogram report yep. and calling Regina. Like, Insane. talk about symbolism for yeah. how Regina has been infected by this world and now has cancer. Like, yep. holy yeah. shit. 
the other crazy thing is that um, in that original first season, that first set of montages where we see young and uh, older mm -hmm. character, when we see Regina's set, she has had the cancer diagnosis and she's looking at herself in the mirror, but you don't know it yet. Yeah. You don't realize that that's what she's looking at. And it's heartbreaking to watch yep. it a second or third or fourth time through and realize that's what's going through her mind in that scene. And she's processing what this means. Yeah. I wonder, you know, we talked a little bit about um, Regina's hair and her sort of uh, transformation being signified by her having curly hair or straightening her hair. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the loss of her hair after that. I wonder like how much like I'm just interested. I, I mean, I don't think there's much more than that there, but I just like that there's a connection between that hair narrative, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah the yeah. hair narrative. Uh, I do actually think there's a little bit of a, uh, there's just a little bit of light symbolism, whether it was intended or not, but it, the actress did it or what yeah. they did through the performance is that, you know, Regina changed. She became her own, you know, it's the straightening of the hair was a symbol of I'm going to take care of myself or I mm -hmm. am, you know, I am changing. I'm becoming dependent or independent and I am moving forward. So to lose her independence, like the loss yeah. of the hair yeah. can be seen as symbolism of her feeling like she's losing what she carved out for herself. She Absolutely. did the hotel. She, yeah. you know, and then she's just losing everything. Yeah. I wonder, though, we have that scene where Claudia is sort of berating Regina um, in the backseat of the car. And we get that sense that Regina is not what Claudia wants her to be or she just doesn't. You know, it seems like Regina in her authenticity is curly haired, you know, and mm -hmm. when she starts to change, straightens her hair. That's when her mom is like, do you want to hang out? It's at that exact moment where she comes out. And it's after she meets Alexander. I just I just want to throw out there. I know that um, there seems to be a general assumption that Claudia is disappointed in Regina or only notice her notices her when she changes her hair. I actually think that that's totally normal to think that it's your fault or it's something that you are doing why your parent is not paying attention to you but that is not the case at all claudia has her head up her own ass she's doing her own stuff and it just doesn't occur to her i'm sorry it doesn't occur to her to pay attention to regina because she's yeah. so internally focused but it's nothing that regina did no totally yeah and the fact that um, Claudia pays attention to her had nothing to do with her hair. It was, Claudia it was just had coincidental. Yeah, yeah. It Claudia was at that time. A, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think she had that scene where she was like, Oh, let's, let's hang out together after she was taken to see Regina older. Yes. Racked with cancer. Yeah. Yes. It just so happened. Yeah, yeah. It just so happened that Regina had just changed her appearance. Yeah. Quote unquote. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Just to be, I wasn't I, implying that that was what I wasn't suggesting happened. it was you. I'm just, no, I, I feel like yeah. it's important to, to state that because I think that is the general consensus. Mm -hmm. It's all, it's on, even on the dark IO that, you know, Claudia is disappointed in Regina. And I, I honestly don't think that's the case. I think that Claudia was just self-absorbed or, yeah. you know, just doing her own thing and wasn't paying attention to, to Regina. And it wasn't until Claudia had her own kind of smack in the face moment that she then turned around and reached out to Regina so I think, but I think it's natural for children of 
you know, that come from neglectful situations to assume that it is, they are disappointed in me and to kind of internalize that. And I just wanted to shout out to anybody who might be relating to Regina in that moment that that's not the case. And Mm -hmm. I, I can't tell what's worse in that situation. Is it, you know, they are disappointed in me. I wasn't good enough. Or if it's like, they just were in their own yeah. world. Like both of I those wasn't things important suck. enough to notice. Yeah. But I don't even think it's that. I don't even think it's that you weren't important enough. I just think that uh, it's not even that because you could have been important enough. You were important enough, but they were in their priorities were out of whack. It has nothing to do with you. It was them being self-absorbed or something just driving them that wasn't you. And that happens sometimes, but it's not, it's not you. It's not your fault. It's nothing that you could have done would have changed it. Regina could have followed in her mother's footsteps to a T exactly. And Claudia's own damage would have prevented her from paying attention. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that Claudia's realization and kind of obsession with saving Regina you know, she even says it, you know, I love you, dad. She loves both Regina and her father. Her own damage has just made her internally focused, right? Maybe even a bit narcissistic where she's just only focusing on her own drive because her parents were kind of sort of neglectful to her, right? So now mm-hmm. she's like out to prove a point or, you know, pay attention to me. And she's done it again, right? Like it's just that cyclical thing. But anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there that I think that... um I don't think Claudia is disappointed in her. Um, and I don't think necessarily that it's um, uh, Regina changing her hair and then her mom suddenly is pay- paying attention to her. I personally don't think that that narrative resonates with me. That's all. Yeah. I think there's in a relationship like that, there's also a lot of assumptions that mm, mm-hmm. are are held because like while Claudia may not be disappointed in Regina. She definitely believes that Regina could do a little bit more, like give Mm -hmm. a little bit more effort to the way that she appears, her appearance and and whatever and supporting her mom. But I think because Regina doesn't talk about how unhappy she is, Claudia just assumes her daughter is, is fine. You know, Regina's fine. She's okay. I'm, I'm away from home a lot, but she's, she's, you know, she's a smart girl. She can take care of herself. It's fine. I was fine at that age. So she's yeah. fine. Yeah, exactly. And that's, the that's the fucking thing with trauma too, right? You rewrite your own fucking history. So Claudia is like, I was fine at that age. Oh, sweetie, no, you weren't. You're just remembering yeah. that you were fine because mm-hmm. you feel fine now. And you've completely just like expunged that from your brain. So, just because yeah. you didn't have anyone to rely on doesn't mean that you didn't need anyone to rely on. Yes, just because exactly. you became independent yep. enough and mm-hmm. took care of yourself well mm-hmm. enough doesn't mean and that that's what you wanted. Exactly. You had it. to. Exactly. And that is why Alexander is so important because he comes in and plays that role. Yeah. He's that protective sort of parent, which I know makes their relationship a little bit strange, but he doesn't do it in a parenting way. Like Mm -hmm. I, everything that they do seems very equal. He is in also in danger. Right. And she knows it. They're on equal footing right there in that first scene when, you know, he protects her, but then he's been wounded and needs help. And in that moment, that's Regina's Adam moment, by the way, where she goes, my mother's not home. I'm not going to call the cops. I'm not going to take you to the hospital because you don't want to go. I can do this by myself. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then she, she becomes truly independent in a, in a, not in like a, a victim way where like, I have to take care of myself. I have no choice, but she chooses 
to yeah. be independent in that in that moment and really takes ownership of her the way that she presents herself to the world and that's really the starting point for her glow up and yeah. the way that she interacts with Alexander and through him the rest of the world yeah so I think in that moment like the hair is a product of this decision like mm. everything after that came from this exact moment where she has an opportunity to, and she's nervous she's like I should call the cops this guy's you know just been shot but you know what he just went out on a limb for me so you know i'll go out on a limb back by the way that's how you get murdered so don't do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah just some guy in the forest <laughs> let's get yeah, married it worked out for regina but but let's let's just throw that out there that uh, normally that is not don't ever please don't ever do that <laughs> yeah don't ever do that's that. a terrible come back terrible to my idea. house person running mm -hmm. from the law <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. that's that's I, how you get murdered can I throw out a, a, an idea or a theory that I might mm -hmm. de erase depending on your guys's because it might just be my trauma <laughs> that's telling me this and it might be something yeah. that I have to work through. Um, but I think there's something kind of beautiful about a love that feels somewhat e like definitely equally parental loving, like you and your partner take care of each other the way that yes. you were not taken care of. Oh, and yes. you and and just like give the support and the love and all that stuff and you know maybe even the firmness like honey you can can do it and stuff like yeah. that you know yeah um i think there's something like especially beautiful about finding that especially if you come from like a traumatic neglected background or something yeah. like that you know being able to re experience that in a in a love loving healthy relationship of course i'm talking about it when it's healthy like yeah. you shouldn't if they tell you to dress a certain way you shouldn't not do that but you know if it's like anyway i'm yammering but i think that there's something really special no, about I that i think that, yeah i think that's really important too and um vulnerability hour i don't know if it's because i'm tired or what um but we do not have to cut this out and i don't know if i've said it before on the podcast but like that is actually one of the main reasons why my partner and I have decided not to have kids or at least decided not to have kids for, you know, we were like, let's decide later. And, you know, I know everybody has cautionary tales like that's what happens. And then you just wind up without kids because you're like, well, let's put it off, put it off. But one of the main reasons is because we both come from that background and it just it's very important for us to each other to be someone's number one. Like that feels so good. We deserved that when we were young and we didn't get it. And so that's just what we want to do. And we wanted it for, we said 10 years, at least 10 years, we want to be that for each other. And it's just been, honestly, it's been really nice. So we're just going <laughs> to keep going um, in that direction. But I think that that's very important is basically yeah. I'm, I'm echoing. Yes, I totally agree with you. And sometimes I get a little bit frustrated because uh, my, my partner, when he's not feeling well or anything like that, he doesn't like to be aided. For example, my partner, when he's not feeling well, like when he's sick with a tummy ache or something like that, he does not like to be doted on or helped in any way because he wasn't. So it's just like, he's very uncomfortable with that. And I sometimes will be, I'll be like, fucking deal with it. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to get you a soup and I'm going to get you a thing and I'm going to cover you with a blanket and you just have to suffer with how uncomfortable this feels because it's just how things are now, honey. You know, yeah. like, just let me help you for Christ's sake. Let me help you. 
it's always the like uncomfortable like i love this but i also hate yeah, this like yeah, it's nice like, but I, I will never tell you how nice it is <laughs> it's, because i never had it and it's weird and uncomfortable and i don't like it yeah so it's very much but i struggle with that because i want to do that i want i want yeah. more than anything to just kind of like you know take care of or nurture in a, in an equal way but it's crazy because when the roles are reversed i'm the same way I'm like, there's yeah. only one instance where I'm usually very open to uh, being aided. And we we joke that it's like we're both wounded animals ready to die because we're like, get <laughs> away from me, you know. Um, but there's like one instance. And it's usually when I want, like when I'm crying, when I'm upset, then if he comes over, then I'm like, okay. And I will openly accept like hugs and stuff like that. But uh, most other times, like if I've received bad news or anything like that, I am very much like I'm going to go sit in this corner and leave me alone to die i'm a wounded animal <laughs> yeah this is this is my bush yeah. you can't find it yeah my partner <laughs> sorry go ahead no go ahead no, no no go ahead i was just gonna say that's why that scene with alexander and regina is so important right yeah. because she was she is in the process of being a wounded animal that's sequestering herself due to neglect and he doesn't guilt her for doing yeah. it he just yep. understands and he comes up to her and he just wraps his arms around her and that's it she crumbles i'm like that scene is i fucking cried it's yeah. so real Lost it's it. so yeah. real so real and i i remember thinking like good for her man she found somebody who's not gonna guilt her or be like you know why didn't you do this or you should have told me like okay fuck off great it's because he you understands know? her he like does. he knows her he knows you know? her so yeah. thoroughly and he loves her yeah and he's just like baby we're both hurting right now mm -hmm. oh god i it just it's so real man it's so real my partner could have died gone to the hospital been reborn in the hospital come mm -hmm. home and then been two months later i'll find <laughs> out that that's ha that that happened he'll be like <laughs> He'll be like, yeah, oh yeah, two months ago, you know when I died? Oh, and I'm like, God. no, what are you talking no, about? Oh yeah, I was in the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was in the hospital. Don't you remember? No, I can't. <laughs> we actually have a joke between us where it's like, why don't you remember the things I don't tell you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because <laughs> he'll be like, of course. And I'll be like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. So I'm going to read you DMs because my hubby was at work when I got hit by a car and I, I DM'd him uh, on Discord oh and God. was like, I'm 100% fine and okay. <laughs> Reading this back makes me want to bury myself into a hole. You sent me the hole. same message, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm 100% fine and okay, but there was a mild accident on the way to Starbucks. I'm in the ER now to get checked. Again, I'm totally okay. And it's a funny story, but I just wanted to get checked anyway in case adrenaline wears off and there is something wrong. But I feel fine. I'm walking and stuff. I'm not cut or anything, but I hit my head. So I just want to get it checked. I'll message you in a bit. Love you. His response. Did someone hit you with their car? <laughs> I can't. Can I can I tell you what you wrote to me? It's probably the same thing because I copy pasted, right? Like I was walking to the yes, hospital. It actually, yeah, you I said, was, hey, sweetie, yeah. I'm 100% uh, fine and okay. fucking message. There was, a, <laughs> there was I, a mild But accident. I hit my head, so I just yeah. want to get it checked. Uh -huh, and uh -huh. I was like, I was like, I was so uh, the fact that you told me I was like, OK, don't don't freak her out by freaking out. So I was like, I love you so much. Thanks so much for letting me know. Please let me know how it goes. I love you so much. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 
yeah. And the, the other thing too, the other thing too, which is like fucking hysterical. And I look back on it and obviously it's like adrenaline and shock and all of these things. But yes, I did. I did walk myself because I felt fine at the time. Um, I walked myself to the hospital, um, but he came home. He was like, I'm, I'm, you know, hold on, I'm on my way. And I was like, don't be stupid. Like, you don't have to, like, even in that moment, I was like, I'm a wounded animal. Leave me alone. Like, even in crisis mode, I was still like, no, I'm fine. I don't need any help, you know, And but I genuinely felt that it wasn't like I was like angry that he was going to, you know, <laughs> come leave work and come pick me up. I'm like, yeah. I'm fucking fine. Like, stop it. You know, you don't you don't need to dote on me. You don't need to take care of me like I'm OK. Also, like, I don't want to mess up. It, it, it's this weird. I don't want to fuck up your day. I don't want to exactly. inconvenience you. Yeah. You know, like I don't, don't want to be a burden. You know, yeah. Yep. You have to tell your boss you're leaving work because your wife got hit by a car like oh god kill oh my me. god i wish i had died <laughs> please stop you know, like, right. I, don't, I don't want you I to can't. have to do that i don't want to inconvenience you to that extent right and then he like oh and then god. of course he cut he's like i'll pick you up and i'm like i can walk home it's fine you know and then he like gets there and i'm I, by that point I was actually grateful because a couple hours had gone by and I was limping like I was not doing so great. So I was very grateful that I didn't have to walk all the way home. But like I would have called an Uber or something if it was that mm -hmm. painful. I didn't want to ask anybody for help. It just like doesn't occur to you when it's that situation. And I think like I just saw that in Regina and Alexander, not to just derail the whole thing and talk about that. But I just... It's such a powerful moment. Their relationship is so good. The fact that my partner doesn't say, you know, you should have told me. He just kindly is like, did, sweetie, did someone hit you with their car? Like, you're not <laughs> saying you got hit by a car. Would you like to try again? <laughs> <laughs> yep. I do have kind of a, a random note that I also found from Reddit. And actually, PB, I don't know if this is the thing that you said that you found. It was about the book Ghosts. Yes. 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 Do you want to share that? Yes, I do want to share that. So it's crazy, but I, I missed this and I found it um, when we were recording last week's episode, which I casually mentioned. So um, Ghosts by Ibsen is the book that Regina is reading for school. And that's the book that she talks about with Alexander. Now, the title from the wiki says, as with his other plays, Henrik Ibsen wrote Ghosts in Danish the common written language for Denmark and Norway. The original title in both Danish and Norwegian is Gen Gangere, which I'm butchering, but that can literally be translated as again walkers or ones who return or revenants. It has a double meaning of both ghosts and events that repeat themselves. Oh, the English title fails to capture the double meaning. So native English speakers watching this won't catch that. But that is so cool. Now, what's the title again? Uh, it's G-E-N-G-A-N-G-E-R-E. Yen Gangera. Oh, yeah. And in the in German, I think it's Gespenster. Yeah. So what's crazy? The plot is nihilistic, existential and centered around immortality, particularly an extramarital affair. Yeah. Which leads to sibling incest between the unknowing children of the cheater yeah that's which ridiculous jonas and marta yeah the sister involved in the incestuous pair is named regina mm -hmm. regina engstrand i think yeah yep yeah and then in the book she almost opens a hostel but then doesn't 
What? Oh, that's yeah. crazy. Yep, that's amazing. Yep. That's insane. The person from Reddit, Splenta89, credit to you, great catch, was saying that specifically one of the main characters is not only named Regina, but is the maid of one of the characters, Miss, Mrs. Alving, and the purported daughter of Jacob Engstrand, but is actually the late Captain Alving's illegitimate child, just like Regina is actually Byrne's daughter yes, in the yes. show. Yes. Wow, that's and crazy. In the book, her lover, who's also her brother, is suffering from uh, syphilis. He inherited. Now, this is interesting. This is extremely interesting because he inherits syphilis from his father, which isn't possible. No. And Ibsen knew that and did it anyway for symbolism's sake. So it's super cool to see that. I mean, it's not super cool, but you know what I mean? It's super cool to <laughs> yeah. see that Regina is also potentially inheriting this illness from her grandfather, right? It's genetic. So the whole idea that this book ghosts is talking about this disease that you will inherit. Mm -hmm. And it was the whole idea in the book is that it's sins of the father that have been passed oh, down. Wow. Yeah. So at the very end, uh, his mother must decide whether to give in to his request and dose him with morphine as a form of assisted suicide. Oh, wow. Yeah. Everything that she did in the book to avoid this outcome has instead brought it about. Wow. It's that's insane. crazy. So yeah. this was basically on the rating list of the yes. creators. <laughs> yep. I think this yeah. is one of the, one of the things that, that, that they read or she read. Yeah, ab absolutely. Wow, that's insane. Yeah. And I think what's, what's really interesting too, is that, um, it, it makes me wonder about Regina's relationship with Alexander a little bit mm -hmm. in that if Regina is named after this girl in the book who's having an incestuous relationship without her knowledge. Oh, yeah. Is there something we're missing <gasps> about Alexander? Oh. Is that the creators putting it right in front of our face? I oh. mean, very clearly, this could just be about Jonas and Marta, but I am, I am wondering. Huh. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy because the parallels too in that the mother is trying to do everything to stop it, but everything just brings it about. And yeah. Claudia is doing everything in her power to save Regina. But for the for the longest time, she's just everything she's doing is just perpetuating it. It's right. honestly, there are too many coincidences for it to not be purposefully done. I mean, we know it's perfectly done. She's fucking holding the book. The episode title is called Ghosts. Like it's just I'm curious. I know. I'm very yeah. curious. Well, it's the deal with Alexander as well is that Clausen mm. is looking for him because he's impersonating his brother. Yeah. And there's like this whole thing about like, you're not my brother. Mm -hmm. Alexander's character is being accused of being a brother to someone. Yeah. I don't know. It's just it's, that's it's weird. That's weird to me because yeah. like, if Alexander's main plot is that he stole this guy's identity and his brother comes looking for him and is like, you're not my brother. And then there's this book that Regina has, which is talking about how there was like an incestuous relationship and all this other stuff. Yeah. I don't know. That's definitely a stretch. But <laughs> <it's> just, <laughs> now I'm just like, what are all the small like hints and mm -hmm. things? I want to say I'm leaning towards jo Jonas and Martha being the incestuous relationship depicted mm. in the show because if it was incestuous between Regina and Alexander then we he would have had to have come from either burned or Claudia and I don't really see that happening very easily yeah that's true I have I have a theory about Alexander 
Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just about yes. to ask if we had anything else about Alexander. Yes. Okay. So this is just, this is a theory. Uh, I don't know. It, it's probably a stretch, but I'm just going to read this out. We love wild theories. Yeah. Uh, so this is a theory that comes from bluebell underscore O2. This is from a year ago. Okay. Theory. Is Alexander Tiedemann from an alternative universe? Last season, some of us thought that he was from the future due to his mysterious appearance in Winden in 1986, lack of backstory, and the fact that he was escaping from someone hurt. The show gave us the impression he was running from a police helicopter, but it could have been from one of those drones from the future. It seems unlikely that the police never caught him if they were so close. Also, any foreigner in a small town gets noticed quickly, so it is at least odd that no one tracked him down. After the season two revelation of alternative universes, it occurred to me that he might have been from this new reality instead of the future. He might be the son of an interaction that occurred because Michal never existed in 1986. He had two passports, one of himself, Boris Newwald, and the other of Clausen's brother, Alexander Kohler, and took his identity to live in Winden, but we never knew how they met or what happened to the real Alexander. Maybe he's not dead, but trapped in the future or past, just like Ulrich and Michal. Or maybe he took the identity of Alexander of his reality and no, had no idea that the one of this universe was missing, so he never thought the police would come looking for him. The letter Clausen received most likely sent by Claudia with the purpose of creating the situation to release the God's particle in the nuclear plant, creating the apocalypse. So whoever he is, he has played a role in this. So I think his origins might be important in season three. So this is before season three came out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because we learned that the letter was written by the unknown. But that's that's the cool thing about Alexander and Clausen. We don't really get to see much of them, just like Inez, that I like to think there's some backstory written in there that just never made it to the show. So like Alexander being from another world. Hell yeah. Sure. (laughs) I would love to like (laughs) support that. Yeah, I'm looking for like any other evidence that that could be the case. Just in terms of like where where did he come from? Because it is it is curious to me that the show never really tells you. Mm-hmm. But it's such a huge plot point for him and for Regina. Yeah, I think uh, by not giving us much of his backstory, it raises the tension with mm-hmm. Re- him and Regina. And like, is who is he? Is he going to hurt her? Is he a bad person? But then he ends up being a good person who just got into a bad situation. But we don't yeah. know that originally. Um, what, PB? Oh, my gosh. Uh, can we just talk about this for a second? It's not. But let's just look at this passport photo okay fucking what the fuck oh wow hold up they're not related are they sorry i'm just down on i'm back on this ghost's train yeah well alexander kohler yeah that's the original one right yeah that's who he's impersonating yes that's fucking insane Okay, so this image that's going to be in the show notes is an yeah. image of the passport depicting the, the real Alexander Kohler with a little image of Magnus put next to it. And they look extremely yeah. similar. Yeah. So either the production team is like, Magnus actor, come on over Let's here. We're going to use your face. Red herring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like the, the picture of all the Sigmundus people in the background, we're like, we don't know who these people are. They could be anyone. Like, yeah. I wonder if it's one of those things where they just use someone who is on the set to depict Alexander Kohler because we never see him in the show. But what if there's something here? Yeah, that's super interesting. That's very interesting. I found this because I was doing some eye research, eye yeah. symbolism in dark. And Wohler 
is has one That's right yeah and elizabeth when yeah she loses in an the future eye. yeah mm-hmm. there's oh, something man. there's something oh, about there's something going on there yeah 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 we'll cover it later oh man super cool yeah all right speaking of symbolism mm-hmm. i just need to tell you about is when i it? first yeah when i Thanks. first started researching <gasps> okay, when sorry. i first started research- researching can't even speak i get to this scene I'm, I'm 20 minutes into like rewatching this episode and mm-hmm. I see this and I stop and I go, this is such a close up shot of Regina and the ring on her finger. No. And then the pearl earring is so obvious. There has to be something here. Dude. So I, so I started researching. This is the first time we ever see Regina in this in the show. She's in the hotel. She's holding her head. She has this huge what looks like a rose quartz ring. Could also be a moonstone, but moonstones tend to be a little smaller. And pearl earrings. I would just like to point out that she's in between two mirrored things here. One light, one dark. Yeah, the key is on the back wall. Yeah. So I I looked into, started looking into what does rose quartz mean? What does pearl mean? Yeah. Well, pearls have long been associated with purity, humility, and innocence. And in the ancient Sanskrit text, the Atharvaveda Pearls were said to bestow long life and prosperity. So like already oh. Regina is super pure. She's the purest one in the show. And the whole point of this show is to bestow long life upon her. Yeah. Rose quartz. The Romans used rose quartz as a seal to signify ownership. And Egyptians believed the stone could prevent aging. It's also known as the love stone. Egyptians would literally take like a stone of rose quartz and rub it on their skin because they believed it would keep their skin young. And pearls and moonstones have been associated with lunar deities. So I'm like, all right, well, who's the lunar deity for Greek and Roman? Because we know there's a lot of mythology here baked into dark. The Roman goddess of the moon is Diana. In the Greek version is Artemis. Diana is the goddess of the countryside, hunters, crossroads, and the moon. Here's where it gets crazy. Diana was often considered a triple goddess. No. She was called Diana Triformis, and she was composed of Diana, Luna, and Hecate. Three sides to the same person. Diana as the huntress, Diana as the moon, and Diana of the underworld. No! So what does this mean in dark? In the origin world, I think Regina is the huntress. In Adam's world, I think she's the moon. Shut up. And in Ava's world, I think she's of the underworld. Hear me out. I'm freaking out, man. I know. In Ava's world, here's the easy one. Like her counterpart in Adam's world, Regina still suffered from cancer. But in Ava's world, she passed before the apocalypse. They only saw her gravestone. Yep. In yep. Adam's world, I think she's the moon because... She's phasing out. <laughs> <laughs> she's facing out also she luna drives a chariot across the heavens pulled by one black and one white animal horses or oxen or whatever so she's a duality of light and dark and the source of progress in the world and then finally Stop. in the origin world i think regina represents the huntress because get this this is off the io website about regina in season three Regina lives with her parents, Burned and Claudia Doppler, in a beautiful old house on the edge of the woods. Bald. Bald. Hotel. Holy shit. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That is pretty flippin' cool. Freaking insane. Can we take a page from Fatima's book or email and Mm -hmm. say, that is 
is so fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. I have to I'm I'm looking up photos of her from the last scene now. Red nail polish. Red and wine. red uh-huh. candle. Red wine. Her hair is red, I think, in this final yeah. scene. It, it looks definitely auburn, yeah. Well, yeah, her her hair is naturally red. It's it's red the whole way through, right? Yeah. Oh my god, what PB? Hecate is the crossroads witch. Yes, she ushers people into Shut the underworld. Up. Shut up. <laughs> she represents she, Oh, she's the go, she's the governess of liminal regions, particularly gates, twilight and wilderness. Yeah. So, dude, wait a minute. That it would imply that there is so much there because the woods and the gates inside the forest. Uh-huh. Holy cow. She that operates from afar, she that removes or drives off and the far reaching one. She rules all aspects of magic, including divination, which is interesting. The ability to see into the future. Yeah, this is cool. There's probably a lot in here. Yeah. I think so, too. This is interesting. Hecate or Hecate. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. I think it's Hecate. I think it's interesting that she does have the aspect the of the three personas, but then also she's so heavily tied to the moon so is diana and if you were thinking about like the lunar cycle being so prevalent in the show yeah i think that's another really cool interesting thing that yeah connects her yeah exactly like diana being the goddess of the moon and how so much of the dark world is based on revolutions and phases and cycles like that's that's so so good also her being the goddess of the moon and in my opinion that representing adam's world touches on all the duality that we've been talking about in this podcast the light and the dark balance and i think it's super interesting the way that she presents herself in adam's world because She's pure. She's the purest character in this show. But then there's also this darkness in her that we see this like bitterness and hostility because like so many times she has is seen like biting back to the characters like in the school assembly when Charlotte's talking about the developments of the missing persons case. And she's like, is this really necessary? Like, come on. He's not even officially missing yet. When Ulrich comes to visit her in the hotel, accuses her of being the one who talked about the rape and her being like, no, fuck off. And then the night when the night of the play, when Regina comes to pick up Bartosh and she passes Katerina and Martha in the hall. This is the coolest part, too. Regina baits Katerina and tells her, if you can't stand living here, why don't you just leave? Which is quite the statement between two people who don't belong in this world. Yeah. And then Regina cuts back saying that is who your mother really is, which I think refers to or comments on Katerina's own poison, how the person she has become in this world is because of the influence of her mother and Ulrich. So it's like in Adam's world, Regina is a creature of light, but she's living in this dark world. And she's almost like this cat that's backed into the corner because she's fighting back against everyone. So she encompasses both light qualities and dark qualities. What was that, PB? What'd you find? Um, just give me one more second to confirm this. Okay. He is insane. having a religious experience, everybody. I cannot yeah, fucking I wait. <laughs> freaking the fuck out. Okay. <laughs> Where to begin with this <laughs> hole I've just gone down? Um, okay. Oh, dear God. We're going to go back to names for just a second. 
yeah. your the forest, the hotel. I could not stop thinking about that with Regina and how she's the huntress and uh, Hecate is. Uh, you know, I I, I I I went down a fucking hole. Tan house means fur house. Kohler means forest dwelling coal maker. Conwald means barge forest. Kneewald means never forest. Pausing there, that's amazing. Going back to Hecate for a moment, her sacred symbol is the yew tree. Guess what fucking tree Regina is tied to? No. Stop. A fucking yew tree. No. Yes. yes. And I had to double check because when you originally Google yew, it's a, it's a different type of a tree. But they actually filmed in Berlin where the yew tree in... I'm freaking out right now. Oh, I am my freaking God. out right now. Guess what else? The yew tree yields small red berries. Oh, my God. It's also called the tree of death, which is yes. fucking insane. Uh, wood from the yew is classified as closed pore softwood. It is used to make long bows. You know, huntress. Yeah. I just think it's insane that she's tied to a fucking tree of death. Potentially. I'd have mm -hmm. to double, triple check because I'm not a I'm not a tree expert, but I googled like... Uh, yew trees in berlin and then i went uh from there i went to where was dark filmed and then i went to the uh, coniferous tree yeah so i'd have to i'd have to go back and look at the scene because i don't remember looking at that and going that's a weird looking tree but i'm i'm very stop. curious stop in er what? interpretations of norse co cosmology the tree yggdrasil is traditionally been interpreted as a giant ash tree. Some scholars now believe errors were made in past interpretations of the ancient writings and that the, the tree is most likely a European yew tree. Oh so my she God. is tied to the tree of death and the tree of life. Fuck off, show! <laughs> in the Cran Oghem, the variation on the ancient Irish Oghem tablet, which consists of a list of trees, yew is the last in the main list of 20 trees, primarily symbolizing death. There are stories of people who have committed suicide by ingesting the foliage. As the ancient Celts also believed in the transmigration of the soul, there is in some cases a secondary meaning of the eternal soul that survives yes. death to be reborn in a new form. Yeah, <gasps> fuck off. And there's the tide of Hecate in the underworld. Yeah. yeah. And also the fact that she was reborn in a new form by the... Yes, 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 yep. yes, 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 yes. Holy shit. Good catch. Yeah. And to god. think. Oh my god. Like, stop. 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 No, 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 no. Stop. Fucking <laughs> stop. So fun. Stop. This is so fun. Certain compounds found in the bark of yew trees were discovered by Wall and Wani in 1967 to have efficacy as anti-cancer agents. The precursors no, of the chemotherapy no. drug, the precursors of the chemotherapy drug, Paclitaxel, were later shown to be synthesized easily from extracts of the leaves of European yew, which is a Shut much more renewed source in the bark of the Pacific U from which they were initially isolated. This ended in a point of conflict in the early 1990s. Many environmentalists, including Al Gore, had opposed the destructive harvesting of Pacific U for these cancer treatments. That's fucking wild. Uh, docetaxel can then be obtained by semi-synthetic conversion from the precursors. Dude. I, oh my God. I have... I have died. How do we, how does this keep happening? How? How? I, <laughs> Sorry, I'm freaking out. I cannot believe this. We're on episode 18 and every episode we stumble on something like this. Like, what the fuck? 
dude. I think it's dude. absolutely crazy that the you, if ingested, is considered it's considered a tree of death because if ingested, you die. And people committed su- suicide by ingesting yeah. you. And However, yet. and yet the compounds found in it are the precursors to chemotherapy. Yeah. Yeah. I Stop. am just going to say something. Uh-huh. Uh, somebody shout out. Listen, no, I have to do this. Duck Eris posted tree and forest symbolism on Reddit a year ago with the names Tanhouse Fur House. Is there something here? Okay. There's obvious symbolism to the forest and trees. The forest is a multitude of trees. That's a labyrinth and blah, 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 going on and on. And n- there are not a lot of comments on this fucking post, but a couple of them are like, it's just trees, dude. And so I want to say, it's not. It's you were not right. just you trees. Were right. It's not just trees. You were right. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. I I I I can't believe that. You tree. It's it fits so perfectly. I how is that? I can't believe that. This is this is like bespoke symbolism. Like it feels like it was crafted out of someone's mind, but this is all re- real world shit that's been pulled yeah. together to yeah. create this massive symbology in this world. And I am floored. Yeah. Now, I need to be very careful because when I look at pictures of the European yew, um, where, you know, it's a species of evergreen tree, the closer I get to the evergreen yew, is more what it looks like in dark because the trees are coniferous. It's difficult. Like the traditional photos don't look like what she was tied to in my memory. In my brain, I'm like, "Mm, I think she was tied to a tree that was like, you know, very tall, right? And that the leaves didn't come down. Mm -hmm. But then there are a couple of uh, photos of yous that look just like it. So anybody out there that is a tree fanatic that can confirm that that is what she's tied to, I would appreciate it because I'm kind of, I'm losing my mind a little bit here. Um, if this if this is the case, like, that's insane. That's yeah. insane. I, dude, I think it might be the case. I'm looking at, I'm looking at a map of Berlin and I'm I, like, I don't know exactly where they filmed it, but um, the, the yew trees in Berlin come up as the thickest, tallest, oldest trees in Berlin. And I'm losing my fucking mind. I Ooh. think that's what it was. I think so. So the I'm pretty sure. Hold on. The Wald Hotel is actually dark Netflix. It was filmed outside of Berlin at I think it actually is a, schlo- a schloss. It's a castle outside of Berlin. But the rest of it is filmed in Berlin, I think. Right. Yeah. The exterior establishing shot is of Schloss Lanke which is Lanka Castle in Lanka Brandenburg. It was originally the family home of the von Radan family of Prussian nobility and renovated to its current appearance in the mid-19th century. Interior scenes are uh, filmed at the Schloss Hotel in Grunewald, Berlin. So just also cool because both of, both of these things, like they literally filmed at a castle and she's the queen. Yes, mm. I love that. The Schloss's ca- castle. So cool. Super cool. Yeah, it says the forest is about an hour away from the city center. And that's what I'm seeing on the map for the trees. So again, oh I don't God. know for sure, but man, but man, that is awesome. Yeah, that is wild and insane. And I, I am I am dumbfounded yet again. It's so cool because like once once 
things once we can actually travel again um i We're going would right? love yeah. to go yeah, yeah i'd love to go back to berlin and then go to um we could go to like all of the places outside all the places where it was recorded there's lots of forest there's um the Königswald, which is like king's forest right outside and we can go to the schloss and we can see like the exterior of the place and all that God, that would be so cool what incredible discoveries today. I, yeah, yeah, that was wild. I do have yeah. a quick dark find. I ran across this in my research this week for Regina. And I just want to share it with you guys because it's really sweet. And it made me smile and kind of brighten my morning. So on Reddit, there was a conversation going on about Regina and her life. And one of the comments stood out because they referenced our podcast. <laughs> I can't. Sorry, I can't freak out. But oh, my God. And it was eight days ago. So whoever Friendly Context 132 is, we're so happy that you found our podcast and that yeah. our theory about Regina and her cancer uh, resonated with you enough to share in a conversation on Reddit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Thank you so, so much. Cool. The purest character being slowly killed off by everyone else's secrets, lies, scheming, and manipulation. I'd never thought about it like that, but I found it an interesting bit of potential symbolism. Man, that is us. That is oh, us. Yeah. That is so cool. <laughs> this was posted eight days ago on Reddit. I am. Today is the best day. That's it. Okay. Bye. Thank you for listening. Perfect timing, <laughs> too. You. After an episode that's probably one of the heaviest in symbolism that we've had. Wow. Symbolism. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, so uh, just another thing I just found from user Sandragon939 two days ago. Thoughts from my season one rewatch episode seven to eight. Minor point, but it's interesting that one of the first people Jonas speaks to in 1986, well after the encounter with Hannah and Sebastian Kruger in the rain, is Regina at the school. The first person the stranger interacts with in 2019 back in episode uh, in season one, episode two was Regina. I don't know if it was intentional, but it's a neat parallel. Oh, neat, super yeah intentional yeah it, it's it is a neat parallel but it, it's a neat parallel to the idea that perhaps Jonas's time traveling is infecting Regina um it's also a neat parallel to the fact that you know Hecate was the gatekeeper yeah mm -hmm. the cross the timelines roads, yeah very specifically the yeah the crossroads keeper and that's nuts which yeah can we just talk about this is a random aside but Nibiru also means that Nibiru yeah, means that's crossroads right. keeper. And I'm like, oh, the parallels. I can't. <laughs> but yeah. Haunted. Mm -hmm. Super haunted. I don't have anything else. <laughs> what about you two? I don't think we need anything else. Are you no. kidding me? Yeah, seriously. I still, I still forever will be haunted by the mystery of Alexander's backstory and his yeah. history. And I'm sure upon further viewings, maybe we'll come up with new things. But yeah, I think that's still going to be like a forever mystery. But their their love and their relationship still so beautiful. And yeah, agreed. I thought this was a nice mix, too, of Regina and Alexander. I think we talked yeah. about both a lot. Yeah, mm -hmm. we did. And yeah. their relationship, which is really important and an important yeah. part of Regina. But yeah, I had fun. I can't believe I, my mind is blown yet again. So good. Good catch, so man. Good. Thank you for going down Dude. that rabbit hole and following uh -huh. that bloodhound scent <laughs> one thing i've learned doing this podcast is to follow that gut instinct yep because yeah. more often than not it leads to something i think yep. the only time where i followed and i couldn't find anything it was just kind of like well this is a theory it was at least a theory but it, it you know that i didn't feel like had enough evidence but everything else has always panned out yeah 
even if it wasn't intended, even if the, even if the creators were just like, man, this forest looks cool. It's still haunted in a weird way. It's still interesting that it somehow had meaning. Yes. It's uh, it's still somehow circled back, even if it was an accident. Yeah. Yeah. I think there, there has to be like, I don't think there's any coincidence in the fact that like the nuclear power plant road is called like yeah. Waldstrasse or yeah. I think it's like Forest Way, Wald, Waldweg, Waldweg. And I, I think that there's no, you know, coincidence that the caves are in a forest and mm-hmm. Jonas's house is like forest colored. I don't know why. Oh, but their just names like, have forest. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so interesting. Yeah. And it's a labyrinth. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. It's like everyone is in this labyrinth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man. Exactly. Amazing. So yep. good. Shall we do shout so outs? fucking satisfied with this episode. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, hi, I'm Pumpkinberry. You can find me at Twitch and Twitter at Pumpkinberry. I do a whole bunch of stuff playing through Final Fantasy VI and Evil Within right now on Twitch. That's Monday through Friday. Uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. Holy, holy, this was a great episode. How about you, Mercs? Oh, yes. Hi, I'm Mergs. Um, you can catch me on Twitch streaming during the week. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Mergles. I make animated film content. Um, I'm an animator and storyboard artist, and that's what I do. Make films. That's what I do for my life. Uh, geez. <laughs> yeah, I'm also currently on a show. We only have one episode left on Saturdays. It's called A State of Affairs. But if you're super into or interested by any sort of Jane Austen wholesomeness, uh, I play a very dapper gentleman named Edward. It's very holiday spirit scandal and intrigue and guilty pleasure. So um, if you're interested in that sort of joyful experience, you can catch me Saturdays on Table Story for that 2 p.m. EST. Or even check the VODs. Yeah, check the VODs on YouTube and Table Story, twitch.tv slash Table Story. There's also Thanks. a podcast version, which I'm assuming if you're listening yeah. to this, that means you're a huge fan of podcast format. So you can do that mm-hmm. by just searching uh, table story actually in your podcast app and you'll find everything. A, a state of affairs is on the table story specials. So you can search table story estate and it'll come right up there for you. And you can find me online at acorn bandit and also on joysons.com where I make enamel pins. If you want to see all the stuff I'm working on, the easiest way is to go to joysons.com, J-O-I-S-A-N-S.com slash pages slash acorn. And I have links to all my stuff. But we thank you so much for coming along this crazy symbol ridden ride today. We hope you enjoyed yes. it. And of course, if we missed anything or if you want to add to the conversation, you can tweet at us at Radio Wendon or use the hashtag Dark Companion Pod. You can also email us at darkcompanionpod at gmail.com. And of course, special thanks to Johnny Caballero for letting us use the beautiful cover art you see on your screen. You can find him over on Twitter at Johnny Knight. That's J-H-O-N-Y-K-N-I-G-H-T. And we're also proudly part of the Geek Generation Network. You can find more of our awesome podcasts related to cool, nerdy things like TV, comics, and movies at thegeekgeneration.com. Thank you so much for diving into Dark. We'll be back next Thursday with episode 19, which is our cinematography and music ah! episode. Yes! yes! Oh my God! Unleash the baby! Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Just know ahead of time, our show notes are probably going to be ridiculous. So make sure yeah, it's going to be insane. You be have nuts. that page pulled up before mm-hmm. you start listening to that episode so you can follow along. Thanks, oh everyone. Gosh, yes. See you next time. Bye. Bye.